0: This is episode seven on the Nick Ant Podcast. Today's guest is Angelina Huang. She's a wild ice skater. She's in college. She does food photography. She develops her own recipes. She was actually a pro ice skater. She does world traveling. I don't know. It just feels like Angelina does it all. She honestly really impresses me and it reminds me a lot of myself when I was a few years ago when I was doing multiple things. So Angelina, it's very nice to have you on here. I've been looking forward to this one. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. Thank you so much for having me, Nick.
0: What did you have for breakfast today? Just out of curiosity.
1: I had some, I had an omelet. I made myself an omelet, a little cheesy omelet with some veggies and some fruit, a yogurt. And that's how I started my day.
0: The reason I ask, because you do your own recipes and all that. So I'm just wondering, do you cook your own breakfast every morning?
1: Definitely. And it's always different. Or at least I try to keep it different every day.
0: That's awesome. So basically, when I ask guests when they first come on, I want to ask them, who are they? What's their background? How did they get here? So who is Angelina Huang? What's your background? and How would you get here?
1: I really think I'm just a normal girl who just loves to chase adventure. Um, I think that's kind of how I would define myself. My background, um, goodness, I was born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, Colorado Springs is now my home, and I'm out here at the University of Wisconsin-Madison as a student. Um, I am probably best known for my competitive figure skating career. Um, I was on Team USA for a couple seasons, and um, that was kind of my whole childhood, but I do a lot now a lot. <laughs>
0: so Angelina, when did you start skating?
1: I first stepped on the ice when I was six years old. That um, was the very first time I ever like tried the sport out and it just kind of stuck. I didn't really start professionally training until I was about 12, but um, my love for skating started at the age of six.
0: So you had six years of skating prior to doing a more competitive professional level and With a lot of extreme professional athletes that I know, most of them started at the age between three and six years old. And I feel like oftentimes if you don't start that young, you probably won't be able to get to that high level. Do you think training that young really gave you the advantage to reach Team USA? I
1: think to a certain point, um, I... At least compared to most figure skaters, I started out kind of late. I didn't, like I said, I didn't really start professionally training until I was 12. Most kids, like seven, eight, they're already there, like training like 18 hours a week. And I was nowhere near that. I was just kind of a recreational skater. My career kind of looked different um, than most skaters. I was like thrown into competitive skating by accident, even not by accident, but um, not something that I had always thought of when I first started skating. So I think starting young definitely to a certain degree, I think definitely gives you an advantage, but just because you're a little bit older, I think doesn't hurt. You can definitely still chase your dreams.
0: That's super awesome. So tell me, as an ice skater, what was that like being a part of the USA team at such a young age? I mean, you were a kid.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, It's honestly a lot of pressure of being like representing your country, having USA literally on your back on your jacket it's it tends to be a lot for a kid but I loved it I think um, I've always been a very ambitious person um, and that really helped me through my skating career but it was so much fun I got to compete around the world for a team USA I the training was hard but I felt that it was worth it and it's something that I'm really proud of.
0: So training was hard what kind of places were you competing at? They were, were they out of the country? is like you said, across the world, right?
1: Yeah, I did a couple of competitions internationally, but the majority of our season is like within the United States.
0: That's super cool. So, when did you retire from professional ice skating?
1: In May of 2021. So, not too hey, long ago, but it's been a little bit.
0: So, when did you start college?
1: Um, actually before that I had my freshman year. I started freshman year, I think the spring semester of 2020. So like right before COVID hit. And that's when I started college, but I was kind of doing that part-time since training took up so much of my time. And then I transferred out here to the university of Wisconsin, Madison, um, fall of 2021. So after my retirement.
0: That's super awesome. I'm just imagining trying to balance college and skating together that had to have been tough, and I don't know if I would be able to put all my focus in college when I was if I was skating full time like that. Is retiring something that you chose because you wanted to focus on different goals in your life, or would you have liked to kept skating for a lot longer on the competitive level?
1: Um. No, I I think I retired. For me, at least at the perfect time, I had done everything I had ever dreamed of in my skating career as a kid. uh, My goal was to make Team USA, and I was so lucky that I was able to do that. Um, And so I was kind of satisfied, I was already satisfied with what I had done in my skating career. And I think I just had, uh, I didn't want to miss out on the college life and everything else that is out there for me. So I chose to, it was a decision that I made, and I chose to step away at the time that I did. And um, yeah I think it was the perfect timing for me and it allowed me to at least shift shift my focus to allow me to discover other hobbies and other skills that I wanted to pick up.
0: I'm super glad that you were able to recognize that there is more to life than just the sport. Yes if it's your true passion stay with it but if it's not necessarily and you want to experience other things I'm glad that you're doing that because 30 years down the road, you're going to be happy that you had these memories with your friends in college. So what's it like balancing your crazy life still being in college? Because to me, it seems like you can do it all. You go travel across the world and you just came back from Alaska while you're in college. I mean, how how does this all how does this all work
1: honestly that's a great question i'm not really (laughs) sure (laughs) i have like college is already like i'm a full-time student in college like that itself is already a lot i've got a job and i've got about a million hobbies my friends always say like you do too much you need to like step back and i don't know i enjoy it i i feel like i just have so many like things that i'm passionate about that like i don't want to put anything aside and I, I don't really know how I balance it. I seem to be managing just fine. I'm still alive. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I don't know if I can do it all, but I just I just really like my the passions that I have and I just don't feel the need to put anything aside to focus on one specific thing.
0: You know, it's good to have multiple passions, at least for me. I talk from experience that I do hiking, mountaineering, photography, video, um, if I don't feel like taking photos that day, then I can just put the camera in the bag, just do a bunch of hiking, or maybe I might enjoy an evening at the coffee shop. I think that having those multiple passions keeps all the passions alive. That makes sense because you get a break from you all definitely,
1: from- Yeah, I definitely agree with that.
0: So what's your major in college right now and goals for a career? I know being college, you're like, I don't know, but do you have an idea of kind of what you wanna do or is it correlate with your major or is your major just totally off topic to what you wanna do?
1: Kind of, I so I'm a marketing major. Um, I'm hoping to emphasize in more of those like digital mediums. I mean, given that I do social media, I actually work as a social media manager as well. So um, oh, wow. I'm very in- involved in that space. Um, that I would love to focus on that. I I love travel, and I think that's something I want to incorporate into my career in the future. So I'm thinking something like global marketing, where I get to connect different cultures through marketing, and then with an emphasis, of course, in digital marketing. But um, I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I'll go and do freelance photography. I'm, I'm keeping my options open.
0: Amazing. So you're talking to uh, another marketer here. I was a marketing major in college, but I dropped out of college after two years to pursue photography. But while I was doing photography, I was working at a marketing agency without a degree. I don't know how I got the job, just had a lot of skills and experience, but I learned a lot from there. Then I was in charge of my own marketing department for a while before recently I just quit my job. So it's kind of exciting to see someone else Go into this field. I feel like a lot of photographers, people who are just creative, marketing is kind of that route they go. So for you, that marketing route is literally endless, and it should be exciting because you can literally work remote marketing for all you want and be able to travel on the road. That's what I was doing for a while. So I love that. Yeah. So photography is that a passion of yours? I know you do food photography, travel photography. I don't know what else kind of photography you do, but is that something that you'd want to pursue more? Taking on gigs, working for brands, clients, starting your own business?
1: Kind of. I uh, it's I would call it a hobby right now. I think I, I don't make a lot of... Or I don't make it my job, per se. I do some product photography, food photography, and... Um, I have a little like freelance business going with that, but in terms of like photography that I'm like truly, truly like super passionate about, that would have to be travel and adventure photography. I love just, you know, having the camera in the backpack and seeing these beautiful landscapes and composing a shot. And I don't know if I'd necessarily want to make that into like a business. I think it'd be really cool to be able to do travel photography as a job, but yeah, um, I also think some things are better kept as just a hobby than as a business. So I'm not really sure. I think I'd be open to trying it out, but I hope photography stays in my life forever.
0: That's awesome. Team photography. <laughs> Anyways, yes. Um, you've been recently even featured in two different magazines. Your photos have been the covers of, of the magazine and you won an award just recently on one of the magazines. Wasn't it the Wisconsin Engineer Photo Contest? You won that?
1: Yes, I did. So I was super excited. Did,
0: did you have to enter into that or they kind of just chose you?
1: Um. Yeah, it's kind of entered. It's like open to everybody in the community here in Wisconsin. And then yeah. you just submit your images. And I was really lucky to be able to win that and then be the cover photo for that magazine.
0: So that's a statewide magazine?
1: I'll be honest, I'm not really sure. It's run by the the University of Wisconsin-Madison. I got, think it's probably got, oh, just got you. here in the Madison okay. community, but yeah.
0: And what is the other one? It's called the Souvenirs Magazine. You were also featured on that a couple times.
1: Yes, that is also part of the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, it's a travel magazine. It focuses on travel. It showcases a lot of like international students who are out studying abroad or international students here and then just people who have fun adventures and I've been really lucky to be chosen as the cover photo for the past three issues and actually some of the work is on the wall behind me right now but um yeah oh, that's super photos. exciting thank you
0: oh for those of you who are listening this girl has been featured on magazines she's a she's a pro skater that is some awesome stuff what so Madison Wisconsin College that's pretty cool that they have the two different magazines that they run Makes it kind of interesting for you to be there and be a part of that.
1: Definitely. Yeah, they actually have several magazines. I don't know how many in total. They each kind of have their own emphasis. And Souvenirs was the one that I started in. I just They sent out an email to the whole campus and was like, so many images. And then if you win the cover, yay. <laughs> and so that's exactly what I did. And now I'm a little bit more involved in terms of like I put in an article last issue as well. But um, yeah, I just... I love taking photos, and anywhere where I can showcase them, I'm really happy to do so.
0: That's amazing. All right, to get to the fun part right here, what is your morning routine like? Are you skating every single morning on the ice?
1: Not always. It depends on the season. So I love wild ice. That's uh, I try to chase it if I can. And so, like right now, like it's it's winter, so I am out skating as much as I can. The other day, I I woke up at. 6 a.m. I was, you know, had breakfast, got ready for the day, went out. I think like 8 a.m. to go skate on the wild ice, came back, and then went to class. And so, I I skate as much as I can, or at least I want to. Um, but especially during wild ice season, that tends to be nearly every day.
0: <laughs> so, do your friends say that you're kind of like crazy for going out ice skating in the cold before class, or for do sure. they think it's like awesome?
1: A little bit of both, you know, like a crazy awesome. Um, yeah, it gets cold. I mean, the other day it was like we had a snowstorm and I was still out skating. So I just love it too much. It's it's hard to get me away from it.
0: That's, I can relate to that on so many levels of just being passionate about some, don't matter how cold it is, what season it is. I mean, the other day I was hiking out in 9 degree weather to catch a sunrise because I love being in the mountains. That early in the morning, having the trail to myself, the views. No matter where it's at, how cold it is, I'll be there. And so I really sense that from you that that's the way you feel about skating.
1: Definitely. And your dedication to sunrises is very, very inspiring. I, I've gotten up to see the sunrise like here in Madison a couple of times because I'm like, ah, Nick did it. Like I should get up and see it today.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. So you do post, like, a ton of skating videos on your Instagram, and it's with a like GoPro Max, right? Or 360? And it's a 360. And it's a 360. I feel like that's the one that's been really popular lately. And did you expect all your videos to, like, blow up? Like, people love your skating.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's incredible. No, I did not expect it at all. I have... Uh... This was actually my personal account. I just had it public because, you know, being Team USA skater, it's nice to have people be able to follow you. And I had it just public. It was a personal account. And I posted a lot of travel and my photography. And I skating is something that I discovered actually quite recently, um, not, not too long ago. And I just love to film and photograph and I was doing it for myself and not necessarily putting them on social media. And then I was like, why not? Like, might as well show people what I'm doing. And last summer, I got my first video that went over a million and I was just like baffled. I did not know what was happening. I thought it was so cool. And yeah, no, I did not expect this at all. And I'm so grateful for the platform that I'd had and the people I've gotten to connect with. It's, yeah, something I definitely did not expect out of this.
0: Okay, so I remember when you first followed me, your account was like a mix of like skating and photography slash traveling. Then like over the summertime, you were doing more photography and traveling. So then I was like, at that time, I was kind of confused. I was like, wait, so does she do skating or does she do photography? Obviously you do both. But now like seeing you do skating all the time and something I noticed about it. Are you listening to music out there? Because it seems like with the videos that you post, sometimes your dances and your your singing, your your lip syncing, get it, it matches with the video.
1: Yeah, I am almost always listening to music. I usually got a l- earbud in, just one, because I gotta listen for the ice to make sure it's not cracking behind me. But um, I yeah, I always have music going. It's just it's fun to vibe out there, and I'm usually out there alone, or I'm always out there alone. So it's just a different feeling, and yeah, I usually have music going.
0: And so you plan some of those Instagram videos with the songs?
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Gotta content create, you know? <laughs> Gotta <to> save <laughs> those audios and play them and actually most of my videos are like I just film them without like planning on like what audio I'm gonna put oh, it with. Yeah. Makes sense. Just certain videos with like a very specific like if it's an original audio, then sometimes I'll create something specifically for that. But most of the time it's just like I film and then eventually I put it to music that I think fits.
0: So recently, you—I think it was yesterday or today—I don't remember. You kind of post, you posted a video. It was like you were kind of dancing, and are those just like previous dance moves from like the good old days, or those kind of just on the spot spontaneous with the song?
1: Spontaneous, like yeah. Sometimes I just am out and just feel like you know doing it's a little vibing. dance. While yeah, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's
0: super cool um i remember seeing your video it's really impressed me and inspired me because i know the feeling of working hard towards something and failing and failing and failing i mean i'm still going through things like that today and it's going to probably happen for both of us the rest of our lives you posted a video of you failing trying to land the double axle that looks hard i've been ice skating and to be honest i had a hard time just skating i'm sure if i practiced more it'd be fine but I still couldn't imagine skating, throwing a twist jump, then landing it. Like, yo, that is some serious stuff. (laughs) How long did it take you to be able to land that again?
1: Oh, I, so I haven't tried it since I retired, which was about like nearly two years ago. Um, I I tried it back to like a couple of months ago and I was like, oh, for fun, like, let me throw myself into this jump and then see what happens. And I tried it for a week and then. Actually, I actually ended up getting a concussion, not from that, but uh, something completely unrelated. And then, so I stopped working on it. And I went home for winter break back to Colorado, met up with some of my friends and uh, we were just skating and having fun. And we used to all jump together. And so I started jumping and then like, try to Laxville, try to Laxville. And I was like, oh, I don't know. Like this is, I haven't tried it in forever. I haven't landed one in forever. And, and like, it. people say it's like riding a bike, when it comes to these jumps, it's not like riding a bike at all. <laughs> I was like, sure, like, why not? And so I, I threw myself into one and I was like, if this goes horribly, then I'll just stop afterwards. Like, if it's fine. And I don't know, something in me was like, I feel like I can do it. And so I worked on it and I actually landed that same exact session. Like at, I think it was like five or seven times, uh, tries afterwards I landed it, which was absolutely incredible. I don't know where it came from. Um, I don't know how I did it, but um, yeah, I I tried it a bit in back in October. It, it hurts, especially now that when you're retired. These falls hurt like 10 times more, um, but it took a little bit, but surprisingly quicker than I expected.
0: That is very quick. You said six or seven times that you landed it. That's people. She <laughs> is a beast. People can't just go over there and do a six or seven times and land it. So that's awesome, Angelina. I'm very impressed by you putting your mind to that, getting it done. Um tell Thank me you. Tell me about some influential people in your life and how they impacted you, whether it's just in life, skating, or anything like that. Who influenced you who influenced you the most?
1: That is I feel like there's so many people I've met in my life who have Made such an impact, even people I've met like without expecting. Um, But I think I don't. I that's really hard. I think I have to thank my actually my skating coaches, several of my skating coaches for um, the impact that they've made in my life. I think. I mean, I spent hours a day, every single day, with them, and so they tend. You tend to grow really close with them, and um, they were some of the most supportive people in terms of my career and as a kid like that was all i knew like skating was everything that i did and so um them being there supporting me and even when i said that i wanted to retire they were there and supporting me and even now it's been years after i retire they still check in with me and ask me like what am i up to and i think just seeing that support um from them and actually my parents as well i think these people like being there like every step of the way, regardless of like what stage I am, and especially my coaches being like, even if I'm not in the skating world now, that they're still there supporting me with what I do, I think has just made a really positive impact on my life. But honestly, there have been so many people in my life that have changed, it, changed my life in such a positive way. It's hard to say one person.
0: So skating coaches for sure. And I definitely think competing at the high of a level You do grow grow close with your coaches because you were probably training many long hours. So I'm sure you guys got to know each other real quick and they could tell when you were even giving 98% versus 100%. They could tell the difference. Definitely. So that's that's really neat that you were able to have those bonds and form them and that they were able to support you when you decided you didn't want to do it anymore. Exactly. Yeah, Food recipe developer. These are meals that give you fuel for your athletic things that you do, okay? I'm a big, big advocate for eating healthy because I go to the gym every morning, cardio, hiking 10, 15-plus miles, all that stuff. So seeing you like do that and be into it is awesome. Are you... Someone who just thinks of these things like on the fly, like what are you doing to like come up with these recipes and why? Like for people who aren't listening, why is it important for you to eat healthy?
1: Well, being a professional athlete, um, we're trained endlessly on nutrition. And I think. Uh, for someone who maybe isn't an athlete or even someone who is an athlete like they think like healthy meals are bland and sometimes they can be like uh, the diets that we were given sometimes were pretty strict and um, doesn't give you a lot of room but I just felt like there are ways to eat healthy and to cook healthy and make it exciting for yourself and even like when I was on those strict more strict diets um, I was still able to create really fun foods and actually that's how it started. That's how that my, my Instagram page started. Um, I wanted to share the recipes that I was making and the food that I was making for my friends, my skating friends. And that's how that page started. And eventually over time, I took it a little bit more seriously. I got more into photography, of course, and then started food photography. But the beginning goal and the goal still is still to just share the fact that healthy food can be exciting and you can definitely enjoy it without feeling like you were on some sort of diet and not necessarily that you have to be on a diet but there are definitely fun ways to enjoy healthy food so that's been the goal since the beginning and that's that's still the goal now and to your point about developing recipes um i kind of do it as i whatever i'm craving if i'm looking for something like i don't know what if i want like a barbecue pizza right like maybe that doesn't sound like the healthiest thing but like there are ways to make these things uh at least more I guess conscious cooking is maybe a better term but um if I'm craving it I'll find a way to make it nutritious for myself and so I think that's how I come up with recipes or when people request them
0: (laughs) just putting it out there I wouldn't be mad if you made an Angelina Huang's uh healthy meals recipe book (laughs) I would be down to get that and Our I would I, I'd, I'd get one from you.
1: All right, I'll have to. I'll have to think about it. Maybe I'll make a cookbook eventually.
0: So, what's the preparation though for taking your photos of all this food that you make? Because for those who are listening, they don't. They might not know that there are some things that go into making it look good. You dress it up a little bit to make it appear nice on camera.
1: For sure, the I think the biggest question I get when it comes to my food photography is like, oh, do you like use fake food? And no, everything <laughs> I <laughs> everything that you see is actual food that like, I eat afterwards. Um, but there are definitely ways to like make things look more fresh. And I mean, I work as a food photographer, as a freelance food photographer. So especially when I'm working with restaurants, like I have to instruct them on like how to style a plate and like what to leave off um, to the very end to make it look more fresh. So, um, I think like oil, like it's like a little spritz of oil on a salad just brightens it up and having herbs like cut at the very end and then garnishing your food with herbs makes it more fresh and just little things here and there that I, little techniques I picked up throughout the years. Um, there are definitely like, there's definitely a way of cooking food to make it look nicer but everything is edible everything you see in my photos is edible and I I, <laughs> I eat my meals afterwards so yeah
0: so how do we does somebody go about getting hired for these restaurants to do photos like I know how to reach out to outdoors companies ranches things like that like do you just say hey I want to take photos for you
1: well This is a funny story, like how I got into this whole business is kind of a funny story. So I was like food blogging, right? Like on Instagram, I just had a social media page and there's a local restaurant that was like, hey, like come in, like have a meal, take a photo of it. Like we're just going to do an exchange, you know, a free meal for a few photos or for an Instagram post. I was like, yeah, for sure. Like, why not? Like, because I was still doing like super recreationally. I wasn't making any money off of it. I did a few partnerships. and Like that was it. I was like, yeah, let's totally do that. And then I shot a few photos for them. I went in, uh, shot a few photos, made an Instagram post. Then two weeks later, they were like, hey, like, are you for hire? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. They're like, oh, send us your rate sheet. And I was like, rate sheet? I was like, what is that? Like like a, a portfolio? Like I have nothing. Like, And I just said, oh, yeah, like. I'm not home right now. Like, let me send it to you later. And that night I created a rate sheet and I sent it to them. They're like, you're hired. And that's literally how it started. So um, to the company that hired me for the very first time, thank you. Um, It opened a lot of doors for me. But I got into it totally by accident. It was just like, are you for hire? And I was like, yeah, definitely. This is what I do for my professional career. But um, so they gave me a chance and I took it.
0: So there's this saying, you don't have to be great to start. You just kind of got to do it. I hear so many stories of photographers, video creative people. They get into situations where they feel like I'm not good enough to be doing this or getting paid for this, all that stuff like that, right? And the best way to learn is firsthand experience doing it and I'm glad that you didn't back down to an opportunity you said let's go let's run with it and for those who are listening as something that you sh- they should truly take down and think about because all that stuff trying to perfect your photos is not gonna help you if you don't ever start post it reach out. And definitely. So food photography, local restaurants, is that something that these restaurants need? Like I'm I don't know anything about that kind of industry. I don't know about the industry at all.
1: It's okay. I had no idea before that first hire. Um yeah, so like for, usually my photos will go, for example, like on their menu or on banners for their advertisement. If they've I've even had uh like if the uh, The restaurant is featured in like a magazine or a newspaper, per se, like they'll use my photos to represent their brand. And it's mostly for just advertising purposes is where my photos go. But sometimes you'll see them on the website, basically anywhere, Um, social media. Yeah, I didn't know anything about it prior to me, like prior to that first hire. So I totally get it as well. I was like, why do they need photos? And then, yeah, they need photos and I'm there to do it.
0: So did you start YouTubing how to product photography?
1: Basically, yes. I <laughs> when I first started, um, I was like, How do you shoot like an like I never shot like real estate or like inside of like a building and I had a restaurant who was like, We need like we're opening, like we need photos of a building. And I was like, What lens do I use? I even rented a lens because I was like, I don't think I have the wow. right one. And wow. I, I had no idea how to do it, but yeah. Google, YouTube, and then I'm all self-taught when it comes to these things.
0: So, tell me this: you have traveled to almost all the states now, right?
1: Close, forty-one, nine more to go.
0: Out of those forty-one states that you've been to, what is one of your, what is your favorite state? Can you choose?
1: Okay, I'm biased. See, like Colorado, Colorado is my home, but I think it's just. For someone who loves the outdoors, it's like the perfect state. You've got these beautiful mountains. You have all four seasons. And like in the winter, you can go skiing, snowshoeing, wild ice skating. And then in the summer, you have endless trails to hike. If you're into mountain biking, you've got that too. And we've got beautiful spring wildflowers, fall. We've got those aspen trees. I'm biased, but Colorado is my favorite.
0: So I know some people call it the Switzerland of the USA do you think that's yeah. true
1: certain parts like little towns like veil vale, it's it's very much like that European style Um yeah I, I would say so mountains look a little bit different I mean I've never been to Switzerland but European mountains just look different Um but I, I think it's as close as you can get
0: okay remove Colorado out of the picture Colorado <laughs> doesn't exist now Angelina so okay what's your favorite state now Color doesn't exist.
1: That's so hard. Um, <laughs> I, I Everything has something to offer. I mean, there are definitely states that are, no offense to them out there, but a little bit more boring than others. But for me, anything that has like any sort of outdoor life. So California has so many national parks. I'm a huge national parks fan. I'm also trying to check all of those off, like my states. Um, I mean, I just returned from Alaska, and Alaska offers the Aurora Borealis, which to me is the most beautiful thing on this planet, and so that gives it some points, and I want to go back for some summer hiking as well. So, Alaska, California, Utah has a couple national parks and great hiking trails as well. Anything for me, at least anything outdoors.
0: That's a lot, then. That's awesome. (laughs) I know... Alaska is probably one of those untouched places that a lot of people don't know. That's super beautiful. And you went in the winter, so I don't know if you've seen pictures of it in the summertime.
1: I've seen pictures. I haven't been, so I I really wanna go back, especially to like Denali and like yeah. hike those trails. It's so lush and green and but I went in the winter. It was like negative twenty when I went. We <sighs> had like a couple feet of snow, like Oh Yeah, no, it was it was cold. I mean I enjoyed it, but I went for mostly the Aurora, which is why I went during that time of year. And then you've been out of the country quite a few times now, and that's pretty dang awesome.
0: Where has been your favorite place out of the country that you've been to?
1: Sure. I took a trip last summer to Norway and the Faroe Islands, and Ooh. that has been a dream of mine. Um, I would have to say Norway is my favorite. It's, for me, as like, as a photographer, as a landscape photographer, it was like, My number one bucket list place. And actually, I had planned on, like, I had a whole itinerary planned prior to COVID. And I was like, I'm going to make this trip happen. Like, I'm going to make it happen. And then, well, COVID hit and I kind of pushed it aside. And then, of course, college. And then the summer, I was like, I had the chance to go to Norway. Like, I'm going to take it. And um, I went with my family, which is really awesome too. I, because of me, they are really big into hiking now. And um, I get to do my photography there. And Norway, Faroe Islands is a close second. Iceland is probably also tied as a close second. But Norway is my absolute favorite. Just the vast landscapes, um, the endless trails. It's so beautiful there. There's so much to see.
0: My favorite photo that you took, I think, was in Norway. You had your yellow jacket on. And I think, I don't know if you're reflecting into the water or not. Yeah. Yeah, it was the Green Mountain in the back, right? Yes, that was my favorite photo
1: <laughs> that you
0: took over there. That was a super cool photo, wasn't that in your magazine too or no? Was featured um, in the magazine? Was that the one that was?
1: If it's like a green amount. I think that's in the Faroe Islands, actually. But the oh, like Islands. the one of the cover of the Wisconsin Engineer magazine is like these like sharp peaks. Um, it's like all blue. It's like the photo is very blue, and I'm in my yellow jacket, my little yeah. iconic yellow jacket.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. No, Team Yellow all the way. I just retired one of my yellow jackets because it had too many stains on it. No. But I I bought a new one. I got Good. uh REI garage sale steel. Ooh, uh, nice. It was a rain jacket, bright yellow. So we're back in Team Yellow over here.
1: Yes. I know everything I'm like starting to buy and I hate shopping. I really shop out of necessity. And so like, the only things I ever buy are like out, like outdoor gear. And like, I've noticed like my last few purchases in terms of clothing, it's all yellow. Like <laughs> I skate in a yellow hoodie. I just bought a yellow puffer for Alaska. I have a yellow rain jacket that I bought for Norway. I have a yellow beanie that I wear all the time. Everything's yellow. Cause it looks good in photos. I mean, I, I buy them specifically for photos. And so, yeah.
0: That's what I do too. I buy everything according to what's gonna pop out in the landscape. So for me, if I'm in the forest, yellow really pops out. If I'm by the beach, usually red will be a good color. I don't really know where blue looks good. Blue, bright blue pie looks good in the, the Utah red rocks. So I try oh, to yes. keep it. I try to keep all my jackets with me, depending on where I go. And I'll plan for it accordingly oh. for the photos.
1: Me too. I'll hike with like several jackets in my backpack, all with different yes. colors. And then That's I like awesome. look at the landscape and I'm like, Red is the color today and then I'll put it on and then um, take you a photo and then swap my jackets. And yeah, so I totally get it. I feel like as photographer is like all of our gear is like, what looks good in the photo? I just want a camera backpack and like it's like a Sedona orange sort of color. Like awesome. It's specifically for photography because it's like everything I have is yellow. How cool would it yeah. be to have an orange backpack? And so, yeah, all for oh, photography. I,
0: that's, that's really sweet. Are you... Planning any trips? I'm sure you are. Are right? you planning any trips over spring break, summertime?
1: I'm not sure yet. I think spring break I might spend it mostly skiing. Maybe nothing too big. I'll probably go home to Colorado. Summertime, um, I've got an internship actually, so that's kind of keeping me oh, wow. in downtown Chicago. But I'm hoping I've got a couple of weeks after that internship ends before school starts, and I'm hoping to take a bigger trip, like maybe to Europe. I'm thinking maybe. Italy to the Dolomites and hike a few mountains, but it's all off in the air. I don't know. I don't know, but I'm sure something exciting.
0: Angelina takes Italy. Here we go.
1: <laughs> we'll see. We'll see.
0: So internship is that for? Is it a marketing
1: internship? Yeah, marketing internship with a global company out in downtown Chicago. That's going to take like twelve weeks out of my summer, but I'm super excited for that as well. It's. Um, it's a hybrid setting. And I I think I'm working in downtown Chicago. So I'm really excited to do like street photography, nighttime oh, photography. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. And dive into that and explore more of that side of photography since it's a little bit different. Cityscapes are, at least to me, very different than landscape.
0: I think that'll be good. At least for me, I'm at a point in my photography where I'm would getting kind of stale, taking photos of just landscapes and Things like that. So I've been trying to try out different styles. So I'm going to be trying out Western theme, like kind of like the rodeo and cows and cowboys and all that. So seeing, that's going to be awesome for you to be able to try out new things. That's going to really help you develop your skills, I think, when you find new places to photograph like that.
1: For sure. Yeah, a little bit different. Might as well take advantage that I'll be in the city.
0: Right. I know they have a super cool theater there that's like, popular way to take photos of it. it's like an old school theater I don't yes know if
1: you've seen i it. have i have a photo of it actually on my wall right now um that i took a couple of years back but definitely i'll go back to shoot that and oh there's so much i think chicago is such a great place to dive into cityscapes and night or like nightlife photography and yeah so i'm really excited for that
0: so angelina are you do you do solo travel or are you usually traveling with your family when you're going throughout the states
1: a lot of people are always like why do you drag your parents on all of your trips i'm like no they're the ones who were like they're the ones who like gave me my love for travel um yeah as a kid like i don't even remember a lot of the trips that we've taken like my first trip to alaska like they took me on them i don't know i was i was a child i was like less than five i don't remember a single thing about it but they love to travel so um ever since i was a kid like We travel like all year round and every time I got a break from school, we would be traveling and kind of put that on a hold like due to skating because, I mean, we train so much just like 365 days. We're always training and so Uh never really got a chance. Um, Now, I still travel with my family a lot. I think that's my favorite thing. Um, It's my favorite way to spend time with family as well as to travel because it's something we all share. They're the ones who gave me this passion and... Um. yeah, I've got some solo trips Um, I, I'm thinking about taking as well. And then, of course, with some friends. So kind of all around. Um, but definitely my, my favorite is like traveling with family.
0: That's super cool. I introduced traveling to my mom. My mom's pretty much before I found traveling and going outdoors like three years ago. Not, not, not a single one of us knew about traveling. So I've really um, introduced that to her. And That's awesome. We went on the trip to Wyoming. That was me, her, and Lorelai, and we all enjoyed it over there. I've taken her the Death Valley twice, Alabama Hills, and like this is like big for her because she's like scared of the mountains. Oh, <laughs> so <laughs> as the more we've gone on it, she's even going tent camping with us now. So wow. I to- I totally agree with you that being able to share that with your family is super cool. And Definitely. quality it's quality time as well because you're all experiencing these new views all at the same time
1: yeah for sure and like my favorite memories have been like with anybody is with my family traveling and so um i i always try to travel with them if i can just because um i'd I really just think it's the most fun and it, our travel has evolved as well like they did not hike um it wasn't until I went out to Colorado and I started hiking with friends that um, I kind of introduced them to that and they loved Colorado so much. They still hike. I mean, I think they went on a hike today. They, they're hiking nearly every day now, which is crazy. And um, so now our travels are more focused on like hiking and nature. So our travels have evolved over the years. And I agree. It's so fun to share these passions with friends and family and kind of get them into it as well.
0: So I don't know how far how far long ago 18 was for you but what advice would you give to 18 year old Angelina and what would it be
1: Oh 18 was only 2 years ago <laughs> At That's the time okay. what was like I don't even know what I was doing I think I was retiring from skating Honestly my advice to her would be to chase what you love I think a lot of times I think we all, you know, tend to get lost in our routine and we get comfortable with what we're doing and we say that we like it, but maybe we don't really love it. And I think just go chase, like say yes to every opportunity that doesn't hurt you. And I think it's just fun to try new things and to go out and explore. And oh, yeah, I think my number one advice would be to chase what you love and then just go try everything that you can possibly do.
0: That's perfect. Perfect couple questions i had in my mind i know you talked about it in your social post how do you know when it's safe to go on the ice like is that a fear of yours is that a fear of yours to fall in or are you experienced Uh, enough now that you you just know
1: i think there's like a little bit of fear right like i'm not trying to die out there like (laughs) i (laughs) try to make sure i am nice and safe when i go out and skate but uh i have actually done a lot of research myself on like how ice forms the different way the different ways it freezes and I've taken a lot of time to educate myself on that because of course I want to look at a patch of ice and like know like is this safe to even step on before I even start testing it um I also test it which is really not that complicated I take a rock and literally chuck it in the air and see if it breaks through if it makes a crack like what's like how it bounces and um I've also taken some time to train myself. on like, what if I fall it? Like, what do I do? Like, how do I save myself? But I think there's a little bit of fear, like in a good way, I'm trying to survive here. Um, But yeah, I think just taking the time to research, I always tell people like, even if you see me out there skating, like an hour later, the conditions could be so different. So it's just really important to know what you're getting yourself into. It's, it is actually kind of high risk sport or a high risk hobby and you really know, you, ne- you really never know what's going to happen. So, ice is so unpredictable. But just taking the time to like educate yourself, I think is really important for anyone who is interested in wild ice skating. It is a beautiful sport if you go out and skate. And if you're worried about it, go find someone who is maybe more trained in that. I don't know if it's so niche that I don't know if there's like any tours that people do out there. But um, if you're in the Madison area, Madison, Wisconsin, hit me up. Um, You'll probably see me out there skating. But, yeah, just I test it. I do research. I try to stay safe, but there's a little bit of fear, of course.
0: So what's, like, the limiting factor for you or the deciding factor for you, whether you're going to skate or you're not going to skate? Because sometimes the ice could be mostly solid, but what's that one thing that might be, say, oh, I don't think it's a good idea for me to go on this ice this morning.
1: Hmm, That's a good question. I don't know if there's exactly like one factor that I'm like, oh, I can't skate today. Um, But I have like skated out on a lake, which was a couple inches thick and got to a patch of ice that was, I knew was pretty thin and I tested it. And as soon as the rock hit the ice, like a fault line basically like was created and it didn't break <laughs> through, but there I was like, oh, I should not proceed. Like, where I was standing at the time was totally okay. But um, where I had that rock had landed, I was like, that's uh... – because sometimes, like, the ice will go from, like, five, six inches thick to, like, half an inch. And, like, oh, wow. if you're not knowledgeable or you're not conscious of that, like, if you step on it, you'll fall through, and that's really scary. So, um, stuff like that, of course, I'm not going to continue. Um some days I'll go out like if this if it's thick enough but there's like a ton of snow on it that's not fresh that I can't skate through like I don't skate um but in terms of safety there's so many little factors that I think you just have to make sure it's like the perfect condition and um it is safe to do so I always make sure that I'm I think there's never a hundred percent safe but like as close as a hundred percent as I can get I try to make sure it's safe before I even go out there
0: That is some very good knowledge and insight. And I hope anyone who is listening, if they want to try it, that they take this and they run with it because the things that are risky in life tend to be a lot more rewarding in life as well. Higher risk, higher reward.
1: For sure. But don't go out without doing research. (laughs) I I don't want anybody falling through ice. But yes, I agree. I think if you are really interested in it, it, it's wild ice skating is so beautiful. I'm so lucky to have been able to discover that and to have my past in skating and to have the skills that I have and to use that and translate it onto this form of skating. Has one like allowed me to discover like a new passion for skating and it's so freeing and I'm so lucky to be able to do what I do. I'm so thankful to be able to wild ice skate. So I encourage anyone who is even interested in wild ice skating or just figure skating in general like go buy that pair of skates that you've been thinking about go take that first learn to skate lesson and um i've i like people will send me dms and this is this always makes my day and they'll be like you know like because i saw your video like i got there's this lady who messaged me and was like because i saw your video like i went to the attic and like got my skates back out and i would touch them in 10 years and i went to skate and ah, uh, it's been so much fun and I think I'm going to sign up for lessons. And we're like, yes, like, that is so exciting. And that's, that makes me so happy because I just want everybody to experience this sport. It's it's so beautiful.
0: You're out there by yourself and doing anything by yourself takes a little bit of courage. I've been solo traveling, kid by myself and skating out there by yourself is more takes more courage because you could fall in and there's nobody around so what's what the one piece of advice you would give to someone who is thinking about doing something by themselves doesn't just have to be skating, just in general because let's be real the things that we do everyone else is not jumping out of their shoes to go do these things with us right which is why we go alone What is one piece of advice that you'd give someone who is thinking about doing something by themselves?
1: Go for it. Take this as your sign and just go for it. I think if you sit back and you wait for someone to join you, you never know if that will ever happen, if anyone's willing to go out and do what you want to do. And I think um, there is a beauty in going out and doing things alone. It helps you rediscover yourself. And it's just such a great experience. And I think... It's just you got to take that first step. I think once you start to plan it and once you make that first initiative, that first trip or that first step out onto the ice alone or whatever that first is for you, like as long as you've done it once, like it opens so many doors for you. So just go for it because I think while it's fun to do things with other people, like you can't always wait for someone to join you. And um, there is, like I said, a beauty to just going out alone for sure
0: amazing so being out there on the ice have you ever encountered other wild ice skaters ever out there or you have you always been by yourself out there
1: um there i have seen people out skating but uh because i am a little bit more knowledgeable in skating or in wild ice skating as well as like i do have decent skills i i tend to skate out really far like we've got a massive lake here and i'll skate like nearly two miles away from shore which is oh, a little wow. scary in the sense that there's literally nothing around you but when i'm out there yeah. I, I don't see a single person most people who skate out on the lakes here at least in madison um stay near the shore which yes if you're gonna go out and while ice skate stay near the shore where someone can see you go with friends maybe don't go alone if it's your first time but <laughs> uh for me i i like that it's like serene, so peaceful out there and so i go out and skate um, far, far away from shore. And there I don't really see, I never see anyone, but I like it. It's you like, you can't hear the city anymore. Like the only noise you hear is like your blades gliding across the ice. And to me, that's like so amazing. And so I love it. I, I try to go out and I like going alone. Actually, that is my favorite thing to do. Cause it's like my time. It's, it's a time I get to think. And if it's just listening to music or to keep on my day and reflecting it's like a it's like an escape for me in like the best way possible so usually not alone but I try to chase like also I don't think anyone is like crazy enough to be skating like me I'm like skating through snowstorms and like sunsets and like when the ice is melting I say when the ice is melting is like when it's like 10 inches thick and like you just have a little bit of water on top but I don't think people are as crazy as me so usually it's just me ice even skating in a um I was in Alaska. I was skating in a glacier, like in a glacier, what? like in an ice cave.
0: Are you for real? I, oh, I remember that that video yeah. was so epic.
1: It was like, I've done a lot of things with my skating career. Like, like I just said, like I was on Team USA. If I truly think like this, like skating in an ice cave was like the highlight of my career, which is just like, oh, it's so cool. Like, I don't think I've done anything cooler than that. And it was such an It's just such an experience I was not expecting. I actually wasn't planning on skating in that ice cave. I was planning to skate like on a nearby lake and which is why I had my skates with me. And then, oh, it's just insane. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but the coolest thing I've done in my skating career. I I joked the other day, if my 14 years of skating led me up to this one singular moment in this ice cave, I would be happy. Like, (laughs) Yeah. yeah, it was just insane.
0: Did you take a picture of yourself in the ice cave as well? I don't remember.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. I have a lot of I have a lot of videos and photos from that that I haven't posted yet, but you can expect to see them soon.
0: Awesome! I would love to be able to put it up on the screen here when we post this to yes. show everyone how awesome you are.
1: <laughs> I'll I'll send you a photo for sure.
0: Awesome! So oh, I just can't get over that. That was I remember that <laughs> video and seeing that. I was like, that is. That's the pinnacle of life, right there.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah, I I couldn't agree more.
0: (laughs) So, you being able to go out by yourself, do all the stuff. You also live, go to college, have friends. Do you consider yourself more of an extrovert or introvert? Because I can't tell. Because I'm, seems like you're a little bit of both from my point of view. But I want to hear your opinion on this.
1: At heart, I'm an introvert. I uh, used to be a lot more shy than I am now. Actually, thanks to social media, I think has allowed me to kind of break out of that. But um, I'm kind of an introvert. I need my time alone and I really value my time alone. That's how I recharge. And I think maybe most extroverts get uh, their energy through like socialization. I'm not necessarily that type of person, but I think I'm starting to become a little bit more extroverted in the sense that like. I go out and, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I'm more of an introvert. But I I am definitely getting out more and talking and socializing. And I I start to enjoy that a lot more than I think I used to. But at heart, an introvert.
0: I'm the same way. I grew up shy and my parents forced me to be social with people because we always had a lot of people over the house Then they teach you the proper manners. You talk to people, all that stuff. So I was kind of forced to learn all those social skills. I'm at heart, definitely want to be be by myself, but (laughs) there is a lot of value in connecting with others. Uh, Even times like this, I mean, sharing experiences and point of views, perspectives helps you kind of learn more about the world and learn more about yourself in a way when you talk to other people.
1: For sure. I 100% agree with that.
0: I mean, on social media now, I mean, have you found any other like minded people who do ice skating
1: on social media? Yeah, I, I've met a couple, maybe not in person, but connected with them via yeah. the social media, which is, it's fun to see other people um, in the space. There's not, there's actually barely any wild ice skaters. I maybe one of two. Um, but that I know of, but in terms of skating, I've gotten to connect with a lot of other people and yeah. And through travel, I don't really know what my niche is. I'm a skater. I'm a traveler on Instagram, but I've gotten to meet a lot of like adventure driven individuals as well, which has been so fun. Like you yourself, I think it's been so awesome to be able to connect and like have this platform to like, not only see what other people are doing, but to be inspired by them as well. I think it's just such a powerful thing.
0: Right, that is very true, and hey, I would imagine that you would be connected with a bunch of skaters. But yeah, wild ice skater—that's kind of cool that you're able to at least connect with one of them. Because at that point, you're very niched, and I think that's what makes you pro- makes you so unique and why your videos are popping off left and right. <laughs> you, you got to keep that up because you're absolutely killing it out on there.
1: Thank you, thank you. I'll try. It's been it's been fun for sure.
0: I think what would be cool is if you kind of documented more of it on your stories. You do a little bit, but maybe people like, yo, ice skating tip of the day on your story. Something like that. Something random, like Ooh. cool. That would All be right. pretty awesome to do because I know a lot of people are, don't know anything about ice skating, wild ice skating, just like me, and would be so interested and would kind of be trigger their mind to be like oh wow i didn't think of that and it also kind of helps them build more of a connection with you
1: for sure that's a great little piece of advice i definitely will try to incorporate that i use my stories kind of just to share what i'm doing in everyday life and i definitely think it'd be awesome to utilize like my stories to show like um or at least to help educate people on wild ice and maybe the safety on that as well as like how to skate i love teaching people how to skate and so Yes, great piece of advice for me.
0: Right. And it doesn't got to be overproduced. Just simple, talking to the camera. One, two, three, you do it. People exactly. People will love to, love to see that.
1: Alrighty, I'll definitely incorporate that. I am not the best at talking to the camera. It's, <laughs> I always tell people, well, I'm a photographer. I stand behind in the camera. and uh, But I think in the one time that I will do that is skating for sure. <laughs>
0: is 2 years ago I was trying stories out just talking to the camera. I was trying to talk every day because the social media gurus say you got to be on your stories, talking to people, building your community all that. I would literally I would have Lorelai stand there and record me at sunrise. I still do sometimes but like I'd be like, "Good morning, guys. Just caught the sunrise." And it was a beautiful one and it was very awkward and all that, but like 2 or 3 years later, I've gotten a lot better at talking to the camera. Obviously, it's easier talking to me and you because you're also talking to a person, but you're talking to the camera. You're looking at yourself. You're like, all right, what if someone walks by and watches me talking to the camera? What are they going to think? All that stuff. But it just takes practice. I know someone's like, you talk so good to the camera. And I'm like, should I send you the videos from two years ago? I took them off all my highlights. <laughs> you would have been able to see them all. You could tell the difference. Like three years ago, I was like 19, 20 years old, just didn't know nothing, trying to. Be all, I was all awkward. Uh, t-
1: uh. <laughs> <laughs> I I but, can completely relate.
0: It just takes practice, and if you gotta take ten tries, take ten tries.
1: Oh yeah, the amount of drafts that people don't see <laughs> is really funny. So,
0: oh, that's amazing. I know one time I was recording a story, or maybe I was shooting a YouTube video or something, and I was out on the trail at the viewpoint, and I was like, Lorelei. I can't do it. I can't talk in front of all these people. Oh, she was like, "Nick, if you want to do this like as your job, like you're gonna have to get over some time." Right. Sounds like okay, okay. I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna pretend they're not there. So <laughs> I, I close my eyes <laughs> up here so then I start talking. And in reality, nobody cares what you're doing in terms yeah. of like everything else. They're more focused on what they're doing. And if you have the courage to put yourself out there like that. All the more kudos to you. Do you have TikTok?
1: Oh, yes, I do have TikTok.
0: Okay, so on TikTok, I've been seeing this guy lately. He videos himself sprinting across the streets, laying on the ground in front of a bunch of crowds. His point is that nobody cares about what you do, they're too Uh-oh. worried about themselves. And like people kind of looked at him kind of funny, but like he kind of broke the barrier. They're like, they're just going to walk by and, like, literally, like, five minutes later, they're going to forget what you did. That's true. So his point is don't let that hold you back from doing what you love.
1: I love that. That's such a good message for sure.
0: So where – what can people expect from you next coming forward oh, well, with well, Angelina Huang's social media?
1: I <laughs> And your
0: adv- your adventures, too, everything.
1: I, uh, in terms of Instagram or my social media, I, to be honest, I just post what I want. I think, like, I post what I'm proud of, and so I think, you know, wildlife, so I've got all sorts of content filmed and ready to go out, and I'm so excited about it. I'll be posting wildlife skating until, I guess, the season ends, and um travel content will be on there for sure. What's next for me? I don't even know. I take it day by day. I just... I'm sure I'll pick up some new hobby. I'm always trying to learn new skills. And um, yeah, every summer I pick a couple of skills to learn. So I'm sure that'll be shown on social media and I'm excited to do that stuff as well. But I don't know. You guys will have to tune in and see.
0: You know, something that stuck with me, because as you know, oh, I don't know if you know this, I, I'm in the gym around like four o'clock in the morning most days,
1: which is very and- impressive. <laughs>
0: But I think what you said was there's not enough time in the day or something like that. And like, oh, that's yeah. like word for word, what I tell people word for word. And I was like, oh, she gets it. Yeah. And I think a part of you probably what you get is because of your professional training days, right?
1: Definitely. I was up at 4 a.m., just like you. Now I sleep until six, but um, I was that's up at 4 a.m. I... <laughs> that's impressive. But yeah, I, I get it as well. Like we were training oh, endlessly. It, it was such long days. And I'd be about four, I'd be at the rink at five. And sometimes I wouldn't leave until like four or 5pm. And then I got to go home. I'm still a student. So I got to do my homework and then go to sleep. You wake up and you just keep going. And sometimes I'm like, if only I had like four extra hours in the day. But to be honest, even if I did, I'd probably fill it up with something else. That's what I do now anyways. I just all sleep.
0: <laughs> I'm the same way. I don't sleep. I don't sleep. I don't sleep till like Pass out.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's too that's, many things to do. It's a long time.
0: That's awesome. I mean, there's just so much about you training in those days. That taught you so much, like the discipline. It taught you. Like, you think that played a big part in today and how you sure. are?
1: Definitely, I think skating has made has definitely shaped me into the person that I am today. And I think my work ethic in school and my job, as well as like my ambitious, like adventurous spirit is all thanks to skating. I mean, it was at the end of the day, my entire childhood. So um, it definitely shaped me into the person I am today.
0: What's some advice that you can give someone who wants to chase their goals? I mean, I talk about this a lot on my platform about, starting and sticking with it like what's something that you could share that you've learned over the years to be able to stick to things
1: I think definitely just don't give up if it doesn't work the first time the second try um just keep going Um and sometimes take a step back and look at the progress that you've made I think that's always a really good one um, to take a step back and recognize all of the accomplishments that and the improvements that you've made since you first decided to take that step. And um, it can be really difficult to stick with things. I'll be honest, in my skating career alone, there's a lot of times that I was like, I can't do it anymore. Like, I need to stop. And I think when you recognize, like, your true passion for it and the improvements and reflecting on your past, it's it can be really motivating. And um, I think also another piece of, of advice is that you don't necessarily have to stick with the first thing that you set your mind to. Maybe you said that I'm going to do this for my future, but it's totally okay if life doesn't take you down that path. And if there's something else out there for you, like I said, I, I think you should just take every opportunity that doesn't hurt you. And I think eventually you'll discover what's for you and what you're passionate about. And that passion will allow you to stick with it.
0: Perfectly said. I think that everyone who's listening is going to get a lot out of that. That I know building that discipline is tough, but also being conscious and being aware of that. You don't have to do that thing. You don't have Definitely. to. Yeah. Like for you, and you know, we talked about the beginning of this podcast was having all those different passions kind of keeps all the passions alive. Definitely. So, uh, where can the people learn more about you, social media wise? Where can they follow you?
1: Find me on Instagram at the world with Angelina. My food blog is Athletic Recipes. Um, I'm also on TikTok uh, under the world with Angelina, but Instagram is my main platform, and you can find me there.
0: And what is one final thought that you want to leave our listeners with?
1: Um. Ooh. Go on an adventure. Take this as your sign and go on an adventure. Whatever that means to you, um, take that initiative and go on your adventure.
0: Well said. All right, guys. If you don't follow Angelina Huang, epic ice skater, food photographer, recipe developer, college student, little traveler, <laughs> may I go on? <laughs> you're missing out if you're not following her. The world is it the world of Angelina?
1: The world with Angelina.
0: The world with Angelina. Go follow her right now. Stop what you're doing. You're not going to be disappointed. Okay? <laughs> and if you don't follow the podcast, it's the it's NickAmp Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And we're gonna be having a ton of more guests on. People that are just as awesome as Angelina. Because honestly, I don't know, this might be my favorite one so far and I've been Take looking forward to this one and, and if you want to follow me on Instagram I'm Camp. I'm on TikTok at Camp. I'm on YouTube Camp. I think I'm on some other places I think I'm on Twitter too Camp. but if you're listening and you made it this far we appreciate you for listening and I hope that you got something out of this whether it was life experience learning about ice skating we're going to be trying to help you who are listening, giving you value in all types of things in the outdoor industry. Angelina, really appreciate you taking the time to be on here with me.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure.